Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to our Sunday worship this morning on this Passion Sunday. Today is the day that begins Passion Tide, the two weeks leading up to Easter. Today we start to turn our sights towards the events of Holy Week and, of course, the celebration of Easter. It's very good to be with you this morning. I'm sure for all of us it feels very strange not to be gathering together in church this morning, but nothing will keep us apart. Nothing will keep us from worshipping God and praying together. So it's good to be here with you, even though we're only together virtually. The service this morning is a reflective service for Sunday morning worship. The words for this service you can find in your Praying at Home booklet. Before we start, you might like to light a candle where you are if you have one. Do pause the podcast if you'd like to do this before the service begins. And so we come together in worship and prayer this morning. Let's just take a few moments of quiet before we begin as we remember God's presence with us today. As God's people we have gathered, let us worship God now together, across the miles, yet joined. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in us the fire of your love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So we turn now to a time of confession. We'll just take a moment of quiet to come before God with those things on our hearts this morning. We bring those things we've said and done, which we perhaps regret, perhaps those things which we should have said and done, which we have failed to do. And we come to God confident of his love for us and his forgiveness. And we pray together. Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be, that we may do justly, love mercy and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. May the Father forgive us by the death of the Son, and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. So we come now to our Bible readings, read for us this morning at an appropriate social distance by the Reverend Mike Batchelor. A reading from the prophet Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord came upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. 
he led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves. O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. So before we come to our New Testament reading and gospel, let's say together our psalm appointed for this morning, Psalm 130. Out of the depths have I called to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. I let your ears consider well the voice of my supplication. If you, Lord, should note what we do wrong, who then, O Lord, could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you shall be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits for him, and in his word is my hope. My soul looks for the Lord, more than watchmen for the morning, more, I say, than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, trust in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is ample redemption. He will redeem Israel from the multitude of his sins. A reading from the letter to the Romans. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, you are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. 
Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also, through his Spirit that dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. A certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill, so the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and Mary, her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary was staying at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And anyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. 
When she'd said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there's a stench because he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upwards and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. This is the Gospel of Christ. May I speak faithfully in the name of the one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. So today is Passion Sunday, the Sunday which marks the beginning of Passion Tide, the two weeks leading up to Easter. Today, the word passion, of course, is often associated with love and desire, conjuring up pictures perhaps of chick flicks and romantic films, a passionate embrace, a passionate kiss. But the word also has a very different meaning. Passion, in fact, comes from the Latin word passio, which means to suffer, to endure. It's where we get our word patience from. The word particularly speaks of suffering which is out of our control. We speak as Christians of the passion of Christ, Jesus' suffering at the hands of others. And when we think of Passion Sunday in those terms, what resonance it has with our situation today. Every day we see such suffering, heartache. We're perhaps experiencing it in our own families. And it's hard not to feel completely powerless. People are fearful. People are desperate to help. 
but there seems little many of us can do. When we face such seemingly random, indiscriminate suffering, it's hard not to ask the question, where is God? It's hard not to fear that God has somehow turned away, abandoned us. And we see this very human response, in fact, in both our readings this morning. In that passage from Ezekiel, Israel are in a desperate situation. Exiled in Babylon, their world has been turned upside down. Their temple has been destroyed. Everything is lost. And what is their response? Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Israel believed that they have been cut off, deserted by God. Mary and Martha too, in the midst of their grief, associate Jesus' absence with their suffering. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, of course, we don't know the tone of those words. Was it accusing, angry, disappointed or simply sad? But whatever the tone, their suffering and God's absence are clearly connected. Now, over the past week, I've heard several people wrestling with this question. Where is God? Has God turned away? Is God allowing this for some higher reason? Or perhaps worse, causing it to happen? Now, we certainly have many Old Testament stories of God allowing suffering to bring his wayward people back to him. And in fact, this understanding was common in the ancient world. Tragedy was accepted as God's judgment for sin. Still today, when tragedy strikes, people will often ask, what did they do to deserve that? But I'm going to nail my colours to the mast and say that I don't believe that. Why? Because of Jesus. If, as we believe, Jesus is the exact image of God, then he gives us a very different picture of suffering. In Luke 13, Jesus clearly tells his followers that suffering, whether man-made or from natural disaster, is not about punishment. Jesus never condemns people who are suffering. In fact, Jesus is deeply moved by suffering. Throughout his ministry, Jesus shows a heart of compassion, pity, grief at the suffering of others. At times, he even seems appalled by suffering. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus encounters a leper. Some translations of the Bible tell us that Jesus felt compassion or pity. But a more accurate translation speaks of Jesus as indignant, angry. Jesus was outraged by suffering. God, I believe, doesn't cause our suffering. But he can transform it. In today's readings, we encounter some pretty hopeless situations. We have the Valley of Dry Bones. Bleak, barren, no hope, no life. And we have Lazarus, dead for four days, entombed, lost. 
both seemingly helpless and hopeless. Yet the common theme in our readings this morning is not death, but death and life. They remind us of an important truth that even into the most desperate, hopeless situations, God can bring life and light. In bringing new life to those dry bones, God promised to restore his people. And in his simple command, Lazarus, come out. Jesus restored life, ending suffering and grief. As we see the national death toll rise, as we experience stricter and stricter controls, as we see our NHS under increasing pressure, it can be hard to see hope, light, a way out. Yet today we're reminded that nothing is impossible for God. Nothing and no one is outside of God's power. No situation, no place is too dark for Jesus' light to shine. So where is this light? Well, actually, I don't think we have to look very hard at all. We only have to watch the news stories of communities pulling together to care for the vulnerable. Thousands standing in windows applauding our health workers. Three quarters of a million people offering their time to serve others. Whenever we see love and care, sacrifice and service, there Christ's light shines. Light shines too in the promise that we have in Jesus. Lazarus is offered physical healing and life, but in Jesus we're offered far more. Right now we might be preoccupied with our health, food, even toilet roll, but Jesus' promise transforms our worries. Our reading from Romans reminds us that although our bodies are subject to death, we have life through the Spirit. When we put our trust in Jesus, the Spirit gives real life. Not a physical state, but the true life we were always meant to enjoy. A life as loved, cherished children of God. This life, nothing and no one can ever take away. But there's one final truth we can take away from our readings this Passion Sunday. God never turns away from our suffering. In the story of Lazarus, Jesus is present in the very heart of suffering. He's right there in the midst. And we're told Jesus wept. Jesus doesn't simply sympathise. He's not detached, looking on from a safe distance. He has compassion. Compassion. He suffers with us. In Jesus, we have a God who stands with us, who weeps with us, who feels our suffering. As we enter this new week, whatever it may hold, let's remember that we have a God who loves us so much who walks with us, who saves us. And let's remember that no matter how dark things may seem, we walk in Christ's light, filled with God's spirit of life and peace.
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? So we come to our affirmation of faith. We affirm our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Though he was divine, he did not cling to equality with God, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a slave, he was born in human likeness. He humbled himself and was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has raised him on high and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every voice proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So we turn now to a time of prayer and intercession. Our prayers have been written for us today by Tina Titley. So let us pray. Lord, as today is the start of Passiontide, let us remember that your church in which we worship is not just in the building we fondly call St Stephen's, but it is in our homes, our workplaces, in the streets, in the parks, anywhere where we choose to worship, praise and pray with you. We pray together as a community in the peace and tranquility of our homes. May it give us time to reflect on the importance of our life in this world, of the times we miss spending with our families and friends. And may it give us time to refresh both our bodies and our spirits, ready for the time we can meet again as a practical community. We thank you that today we have the modern technology to be able to worship together via the social media platform. Let us pray for those who cannot be with us today due to work, illness and isolation. We remember the leaders of all religions throughout the world as they do their best to support the people in their care. We remember Roz and Mike as they strive to keep us informed and worshipping together as a community. Lord, in your mercy... Hear our prayer. Merciful God, we pray for the many people who have contracted the coronavirus throughout the world. Bring comfort to those grieving loved ones who have died and peace to those worried, fearful and uncertain as the virus spreads. We pray for governments and authorities developing strategies to contain and deal with the virus and those working in the health and support services who may be risking their own lives to care for sick patients. For the teachers and the volunteers still trying to bring some semblance of support to those who cannot leave the front line. For the drivers and retail workers trying to keep vital lifelines going in this difficult time. That each of us will follow the current guidance to stay home, to minimise the spread of the virus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, even though many are struggling at this time, we do thank you for answering our prayers, that at this time our planet is having time to heal and regenerate. 
with little travel across the world. The skies, the oceans and the land are having time to regenerate, especially after the recent fires and floods that have plagued us. We pray for all those who still tend to the land, the sky and the oceans at this difficult time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray that you are with the leaders of all nations, especially at this time when their own health is affected. Give them strength and courage to continue to lead the nations of the world. Help them to put the well-being of the people they are meant to serve as their top priority. Protect them with your healing and saving hands. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, be with the doctors, nurses, researchers and all professionals who seek to heal and help those affected and who put themselves at risk in the process. May they know your protection and peace. For all those knowing the risks who are volunteering to help at this time. We pray for all those who we know are sick at this time. Loving God, touch Heal and restore all who are ill. Open their hearts and minds to welcome your restoring power so that their sickness ends and your healing begins. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We bring before you all those whom we know have died recently or are approaching the end of their lives. Bring comfort to those grieving loved ones who have died and peace to those worried, fearful and uncertain as the virus spreads. Lord, the death of a family member or friend is one of life's most difficult situations to cope with. Help us to follow Jesus' example, to recognise that our tears are natural and can bring healing. Help us to see that through his sacrifice that first Good Friday, death is no longer such a final thing and that we shall meet again in God's good time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Everlasting God, we thank you for having heard our prayers today, and confident that all is safely in your hands, wherever we may be, confined to home or restricted in any way. We know that we are surrounded by your love and care, in all that we do in the coming weeks. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. So our prayers conclude with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and for ever. Amen.
faithful God, may we who share in this time of worship glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, our salvation and hope, who reigns as Lord now and for ever. Fill us, good Lord, with your spirit of love. And as you have fed us with your presence, so make us one in heart and mind, in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, thank you for joining us this morning in worship. It's been good to share this time with you. Do look out for our podcasts in the future. The next one will be Wednesday morning, morning prayer, followed by Compline in the evening. And then we'll meet again next Sunday at 10 o'clock for worship together. As it will be Palm Sunday next Sunday, the worship will take a slightly different form, we hope, tech allowing. And we will be worshipping together using a liturgy for spiritual communion. So look out for that next Sunday at 10. But for now, God bless and have a good day.